Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, by the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Now turn right. G'day viewers, welcome to the latest episode of Radio Hot Lab. Sorry we haven't been around for a couple of weeks, we've just been pretty busy and just need a little bit of a rest. But uh, today it's a bit of an unusual episode coming to you from Belgium in a very large black S350 Mercedes as we wing our way back from Spa, Frankenstein, to the Frankfurt Airport. And with me today, opening a, a glass of Coke, a bottle of Coke. Prepare to go straight on. Is not a lady, but <laughs> uh, Keithy George, Jack Ellsgood. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Well, what a weekend it's been, eh? It's uh, where do we start? Before we go talk about the weekend at the uh, second round of the Le Mans Endurance Series, where you've been driving a very deluxe Porsche RSR GT3. Please go straight on in 200 metres onto the A44. Thank you, Marsha. <laughs> um, yeah, let's we'll just recap a week before. We, now uh, go straight on. <laughs> Oran Park round. Now that was a pretty successful round for you, Jack. Uh, you didn't look so good after the first race, but you managed to bag the next two and come away with a round win with one point from your nemesis from the West, Grant Johnson. Yeah, no, that was a good, very good round for us. Uh, as you said, in the first first race we had, had a bit of bad luck. Had to avoid a uh, a collision and had to ran off ran off track and lost a lot of ground. Managed to, uh, to finish ninth that race, which was uh, a blessing in disguise because with the reverse grid that put me on the front row for uh, race two, um, where we uh, had some pretty good race speed to um, yeah, lead from start to finish. So, yeah, was pretty a bit of that. A bit of a drama for everybody with the Fords because these new floating rear axles got introduced, but uh, what went on there? Well, as you know, we've got a uh, brand new car this year and the, um, what we're finding is we're losing a lot of rear um, rear brake because the, uh, the original axles were, were flexing too much and, and, and causing a lot of pad knock off so we decided to um, put a full floating rear end in and um, basically the axles that were uh, designed, they hadn't been tempered properly so um, they were getting a lot of twist and um, yeah so people were losing drive during the race managed to fly the, an engineer up from uh, from Melbourne to fix it overnight and um, yeah, I was quite lucky that uh, they survived all three races. Usually when we start the show viewers we tell you what sort of beer we're having but being responsible citizens even though we're on the other side of the world cruising along here at um, just a touch under 140 which is fairly slow for what we've been doing on the way to Spa usually having a beer today just a lazy Coca-Cola and some paprika Lay's chips <laughs> Lay's chips, that's right but we had a couple of beers and uh, I don't know about your favourite but mine was the Primus definitely the Primus was my favourite 
favourite and also the Lefe. Ah, uh, yeah. The Lefe was the bad. No, I got a Belgian beer. In fact, you can get that at most Belgian beer cafes. I think there's one at Camerade in Sydney. Oh, really? You can get it on tap. Where you can also uh, try some different mussels and stuff. Well, the food wasn't bad in Belgium. There's less cheese and ham, fromage and, and jambon than you usually oh, get oh, in oh, uh, Camerade. No, it's not a speed camera. Jack's been a bit worried about speed cameras over here. Well, <coughs> yeah, the, the car's in my name. Actually, it's in both our names, isn't it? So, I'm paying for it. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, I'll just put my foot back down to the floor again. Can you hear that? It's a 350 06 model with all the bells and whistles and as and, and, and Marsha, the sat-nav guide. No, it's pretty deluxe AV. Managed to have this thing up to about 230k now. Maybe a little... Touch over, 235 around that. Did it pretty easy. Mate, how disappointing was it getting to Nurburgring, thinking we're going to do a couple of laps and to find out that it was shut? Yeah, there I was uh, working away in the Radisson Palace Spa Hotel where we were staying, and Jack came barging in the room and said, Stop writing that press release, we're going to Nurburgring to do some laps because the boys from James Watt Automotive had said, Go off and do that. But before we go to Nurburgring, what are we doing here in the first place, Jacqueline? Mate, we're over here. We're, 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 we're over here for running the uh, in the GT Le Mans Please move GT2 off to the category, running a, um, a GT3 a RSR. Exceptional car. Um, quite a baptism of fire. It's um, first left-handed race car I've driven. First sequential car that I've driven. Um, and also, first race car ever driven with Flick. You've certainly gone in deep because Spa is, is, a, is a pretty amazing track and uh, viewers, you might have played it on PlayStation but nothing can prepare you for just how up and down and uh, fast this track is. It's like your first trip to Bathurst. Now you go, how narrow right. is this? Oh, you fucker. They do speak over here, so it was like, oh, oh, Freddy, Freddy, boy, little yeah. slippery little um, German police. We've actually just crossed, he's sleeping too, <laughs> he's having a snooze. <laughs> We've just crossed the border from Belgium into Germany, um, and the speed limits are a lot more relaxed down here. They are in Germany, are they? No, oh, absolutely. Belgium? No, uh, you'd be able to get on and up here in a minute. Yeah, it, viewers, you really just can't prepare yourself for the trip around um, Spa, the Eau Rouge corner, the fastest corner in uh, pretty much in, in European racing, they say. Uh, unbelievable corner, and the elevation's enormous, and I just, I don't know how Formula One drivers can, can drive that flat. Yeah, no, <coughs> it is certainly the hairiest, uh, the hairiest piece of track that I've ever gone through. And um, to give you a little bit of an idea, this, this uh, GT3 RSR, um, it's, six, it's a six-speed box. We're all basically six gear flat out going into it. You give it a little bit of a dab on the brake at the bottom. Back 
you're on the limiter before you take it, so it's fifth gear flat out, um, and then like the car just like bites in this track bit. You don't quite realise the elevation looking at it on TV, but as soon as you hit it, it's just like you think you're going to get airborne once you get up the other side. Um, and having prototypes all around you at the same time, it's um, yeah, it's certainly one of the uh, the hairiest rides you'll ever bound to go on. Coming across prototypes is also a bit of an experience. The uh, the, uh, the, the full Le Mans cars that you don't see them in too many races. That uh, quite an experience. They're very low and the speed differential is pretty high. You know, I believe you're having a little bit of difficulty there with finding them in your mirrors when they're effectively right next to you, but just so low down. Yeah, they come up. I mean, you, you see them from a long way away, but they actually come up on you so quick that um, you just yeah, you totally lose sight of them. And if you don't have your side view mirrors adjusted properly, you, you just you end up like just driving, and you don't want to turn in on anyone. Obviously, in a endurance race, it's not not my car as well, so I wanted to take extra care there. But they're um, you know you could have one or two, three just zip straight past you, and they did set for a little bit of a vibration through your head they screamed that loud um, but yeah no it was good to be on the track track with them at the same time it was in the wet in the wet yeah I did go have a session in the wet which was which was a bit of fun it was interesting I, I, I must have, like I was excited to be out there but um, at the same time I was also fairly fairly nervous that um, you know I just didn't stick it in somewhere like um, like someone else I know driving this Mercedes into a car park. Yes, uh, <laughs> driving into a car park the other day. Uh, yep, uh, I've, uh, viewers, I've stuck it in. And um, and there's a bit of a hack vu on the front. But, uh, and of course, Jack has just given me curry about this all weekend. And, and, and Simonson as well, who was here at the race driving uh, at the works of Orlando car, but got caught up in the uh, big shunt on the exit of O Rouge, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, yep, but only to find out yesterday as I looked through the fine details, working out how we could cover up the marks with some boot polish, <laughs> to find out that it had actually been marked on the thing, and it wasn't me at all, and he'd been winding me up all week. So you see, viewers, it's typical race car drivers, they blame everyone else um, for, for this, and uh, we'll tell you a bit more about the shunt, oh, which the actually involved our friend Alan Simonson and the... Uh, <laughs> And the Cooper's Hot Lap uh, Sausage Dog Racer. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't Alan's fault. It wasn't Xavier. Xavier's um, fault either. One of the um, Xavier Pompadour, the uh, 2005 GT2 champion, who co-drove with 2004. Mark and 2004. That's right. Who co-drove with uh, Mark Lieb, who is in the second Orlando car in Alan's team. Um, drove with us along with um, Britain Paul Daniels. He's a very good, reliable steer, isn't he? And a genuinely nice bloke. Yeah, it was a good team this weekend. Um, Paul Daniel, he's a an elderly, well, I would say elderly. He's not elderly. His, he'd be in his forties. Oh, sorry, Joe, you're in your forties as well. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and Xavier Pompadour, who's 33, and done done plenty of racing. He looks like he's going to be getting a, a Le Mans drive in the uh, turbocharged... And then the Peugeot. The Peugeot uh, prototype team, hopefully. That's right. Because he's driving... Turbocharged diesel Peugeot. 
viewers, he's uh, driving in the Renault RC Cup. Interesting uh, formula that uh, they just arrive and get in the car and then get out. There is nothing they can do to the car at all. Not a thing. It's all managed by someone else. Look at that little C-Class 320. That's a diesel power. Oh, it's a bit alright, isn't it? Yeah. There's been some stonking looking cars over here, hasn't there? Yeah, there have been a dime a dozen, really. There's quite mainstream to have a uh, Mercedes or a Ferrari or a Porsche over here. Porsches especially. GD1 cars, they're one class above the category that you're in. Uh, definitely a lot more aero on them. And they're going up against the Ferrari 550 Marinello, um, and the, the Celine, and uh, the uh, the Corvette with the Blue Calfond had, had put on. How did we come across this drive, Jacqueline? Well, I think we're um, all come from, from Alan pretty much. Alan uh, obviously got to know him pretty well last year, <clears throat> and he just kept talking about these sports sports car races, and uh, said, mate, get me a drive if you can. And, uh, he'd already picked up a drive with someone else, and um, the, this team, the, well, Paul Daniels' team, rang him and said, look, you know, we need a driver. So Alan said, look, I've got someone for you who'll do the job for you. So put a call into, into Paul, and he said, yeah, come over, have a drive, so that's how it basically all come about, and um, yeah, really got to thank Paul and, and, and Alan for, uh, well, for, for organising it all, and mate, I've got to thank you for carrying my bags, You've done a great job, Johnny. It's been a pleasure, and I believe you're, a, on, just on a technical note, Jack, uh, you're not highly hands-on with the technology, but you've been pretty impressed this week by the use of Skype. Skype, uh, actually, that... <coughs> wasn't for Skype, we wouldn't have even raced this weekend. We, um, I'd organised my license, I had an international license, and I ran cams, organised a visa. I sent a little thank, thanks to the Crystal there. Yeah, Crystal. Crystal, she sorted it out for me quite quickly, but just obviously with not enough qualification on the uh, on the license. Uh, turns out that I had an ICC and then at least an ICB. Um, so we... Uh, Signing in, we um, had to put a call into Australia after hours, and we had the, the, the licensing guy, I think his name was Paul as well, wasn't it? In Australia, anyway, and um, managed to upgrade the license and got it back to us, signed in, and away we went. Gets a bit of wind noise, this car at 215 on the autobahn, don't you reckon? It, it, it Maybe the windows be it's a little bit noisy for a, for a Merc. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got this. I think it's a CLS 320 diesel in front of me. You wouldn't think the 
said diesels could draw so quick, but oh, what's she doing? He's, monster, he's monstering the car in front. These brakes are pretty good too. It's, it, it's a bit of a sports sedan, this thing, with a large boot. <laughs> it is. That is, in fact, a lady in front. Uh, she's doing over 200 now, and she was actually putting a hurry up on that bloke in another... Oh! She's no lady, <laughs> mate. I think she's carrying some luggage in her undies. That that certainly isn't. That's Milkaduno. <laughs> Milkaduno. Who raises in the Sweat on that. God, I just hit the hard to hit the brake that hard. We're doing about 220k an hour. <laughs> Nearly a collision, probably 50 metres in front of us. God, that could have been tears, Johnny. Oh, that's a beauty. That's a great. The paprika trip chips are really going down as we settle back to a nice at 820. It's a, it's a nice cruising speed. We're going to stop off at uh, Shoey Land on the way and uh, have a little bit of a pedal around this pretty deluxe looking go kart track that Michael Schumacher owns. Yeah, he's got a chain of them actually, and <clears throat> we tried to, to have a drive on the way. Way here, a little bit of a warm up, but unfortunately, unfortunately, the uh, the track wasn't open, so we're making a point of getting back there and going to try and stick Johnny into the uh, arm car. It's an interesting story we heard yesterday from Paul Daniels about Michael Schumacher and go karts. Do you remember that? Yeah. He um, this guy's quite a um, Paul Daniel, the <clears throat> the man who owned the car. He uh, is, is an oil broker. And what um, a wealthy man, and he happened to be, I think he was living in Germany at the time or wherever. Uh, Monaco. Monaco, was oh, it? With Oscar. Oh, that's right, with Oscar. And um, <laughs> Michael Schumacher just happened to be playing one game of soccer. And um, they, you know, actually there's a few of them, I think he said Frenson even had, um, that's right. had a kick around. <coughs> Harold. Yeah, that's quite unusual because they're supposedly not the best of friends because uh, Shuey stole his wife, didn't he? Years and years ago. <laughs> Just stick to the go-kart story. Shuey stole HHS wife? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So he stuck oh, it in, in another way. Exactly. <laughs> well, it wasn't his wife at the time, but girlfriend. Um, yeah, anyway, Shuey had a couple of, uh, couple of spare go-karts and he said, um, right, I want to sell one, didn't need all three of them. So he rang the bloke and said, yeah, look, we'll buy it for a thousand pound. And Schumacher put the condition on the sale that he personally go with them to show them how to set the cart up and how to drive the cart up. So they had their own day with Shuey in Shuey's go-kart that cost them a thousand pound and, um, and, and, and got to drive with him. So, and they've still got that cart today and that was... I think in, they, they received this probably what, 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah, that'd be about right. Oh, yeah. So, I remember that, uh, well, that would mean that Corinne. It's a good dinner story, though. Corinne Schumacher, um, who was HHF's girlfriend, she obviously didn't like lamb chops because he had the big. Yeah. He had the big sideburns, didn't he? No, well. Something to hang on to. Well, look, you know, a woman that doesn't like hair, I've no complaints with that. 
Johnny, you're still there. <laughs> Cruising along here, passing the golden toast as we munch on the paprika chips. Well, there was a big, big start line shunt. Coming through Eau Rouge, 45 cars, prototypes, P1, P2 class, GD2, GD3s. In fact, your field, your class had 18 in it, which were made up of Ferrari 430s, a couple of Panos Esperante LM GTs, um, a, a gaggle of Porsches, and a couple of other little odd bits and pieces like TVR. Anyway, one of the prototypes has gone off. Maybe on its own, or he might have been touched. Kevin McGarity, of course, if you're in front and suddenly go around, well, obviously someone touched you, but from behind, no one actually did it. So we can't really tell. All hell broke loose. Crossed the track, smashed into the wall in front of the field, came back out, took another prototype out. There was just debris everywhere, and Alan Simonson got caught up in it in the Autolando car, getting a massive shunt into the into the uh, the driver's side rear. But it is a left-hand drive car view, which turned him around on the track. You couldn't see a thing. And then, as the dust started to settle and cars were getting around the incident, right there in the middle was the little sausage dog racer of James Watt Automotive with Xavier Pompidou at the wheel. Coming through there with the Cooper's badge and cleared it, absolutely cleared it. Alan, who was trying to get going um, to do a U-turn but had already got a wheel off at the back, uh, got hit by someone else, which pushed him across the track into the wall and he flicked back and hit us, taking out the mega hot lap sticker. It also happened to take out the whole front right corner of the car and a radiator. Came round and got into the pits before the pit closed because the race was red flagged and in fact everybody was like, they ended up being stationary on Eau Rouge. I've never seen anything like that, not that I've been to Spa before, but I've never seen anything like that at 24 hour races or any of the American Le Mans series races. And it was very lucky that we got in the pit because if we hadn't, we would have been stuck out there and we wouldn't have been able to work on the car. So we got a bit of time there and uh, Paul Daniels, mate, who is the boss of Porsche Motorsport in Europe, came down, barked a couple of uh, German words at a couple of his uh, subordinates and uh, they went away and got all the goodies and came back and within 55 minutes the little racer was back out there wagging its tail. Yeah, they, um, the boys do a great job. Thanks actually, Keith, especially he really put his heart and soul into that. Sorry, Keith, you did too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we ended up going out there with totally different, or uh, well not totally different, but a different set of brakes, obviously, because unmatched rotors. We um, we pulled up, you know, one complete unit out and put another complete unit in. Um, yeah, different. Obviously, the, the shocks were set up differently. I think. Possibly even the, um, the spring rates could have been different. Um, put it all together, went out, did a lap, had to bring it back in because the toe was just way out, the wheel alignment was way out, so they uh, brought it back in and did one by eye, which, I mean, to get it, to even get it close is, you know, a great job in itself, and they pretty much, yeah, the, the car felt surprisingly good having had the damage that, uh, that had been done to it so yeah great job by the boys and I suppose 
if it wasn't for them, we uh, we wouldn't have even got back out there. And also, obviously, this guy from Porsche, he um, basically, as you said, he came over and just barked a few orders. I think that because Paul Daniel's quite friendly with Porsche, or one of their best customers, he he actually owns a uh, GT2 Porsche. He's got obviously the race car. He had the, the other race car before that, an RS. Um, and uh, Cayennes and all this sort of stuff. So just picked think, himself up another little toy uh, the other day, the Carrera GT. The Carrera GT. And yeah, of course, just as that car on it. We'll be after back a little trip over to London to see him one evening after work. Yeah. So we had a uh, car full of bits and pieces, but at the end of the day, the um, it got us to the end. The pits at uh, Spa are, are fairly unusual. Uh, for those of you who do know the track, the entrance uh, coming out of the bus stop on the right allows you to come into a, the first half of the pits, which are flat. Uh, when you come up to La Source, the 130-degree right-hand corner, and the track then slopes downhill, the pit is downhill, and, and, the, and the pit bays are very narrow little buildings, um, sort of about 30 degrees offset to the, to the pit lane, and you need like a little metal plate there on the drain to get the car to, to come back in. So it's extremely difficult to really work on it properly there, uh, and um, you know, to, just, just to do wheel alignments, it's, it's hard work. You've got to put a, put a hammer under the rear wheel to stop it rolling down the hill. It's a real toughie. Yeah, no, not obviously the most ideal situation, but I suppose it's, it's the way it is and you just got to deal with it. How many buttons has this car got, mate? It's just, it's just button central. Right there's to my left. We've got we've got a um, a heated seat button. We've also got a air conditioned seat button. Then you've got a headrest button. I suppose a, a, a lumbar support button. Then you've got the seat you can actually slide backward and forward, and then up and down as well. Oh look, here comes Michael Schumacher's card centre. Oh it is too. Oh mate, right. we're off. We're off well, on the right. I told you that we're going to go and do this, and it's 5 past 12. We don't have to be on the flight until 5 to 12 in the evening. Got the business class upgrades coming through. It's a pretty nice trip over, wasn't it, from Singapore? Full lie-down beds there. You had a little bit of seafood, seafood tomato with chowder, son. Oh, and then you went, well, we went to bed right over there. Oh. You know the deal. We went near the, through the Oshvart. Oshvart. Yeah, how was your little seafood tomato chowder? This all got in here. What's he doing? Please take like the next turning left. <laughs> Look, where? Back there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the odd people in Europe, viewers, I'll tell you. What were we talking about? Your little secret. Oh, yeah, the Yeah, no. Oh, shit. What? Is this two lanes? No, it just, what it looks like, it doesn't it? Yeah, I know, but because I was on the left hand side, I thought I may have had to have been on the, on the right. Give him a wave. Well, I've given him a wave. He's having a look. At the, at Dietrich. Say good day to Dietrich. Hello, Dietrich. Hello, Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> does he know Keithy George? But does Keithy know who he is? He know who he, he know who he is for sure. That's Royal. Anyway, you know the, the flight over was on real business class, especially going from economy to business. It's prepare quite, to keep left. Like going from a VC Commodore to a. S350 06 model, isn't it really? I'm going to turn off the. Uh, I'm cancelling the red oh. guidance, so she's she'll just go quiet for a sec. But I didn't mind the uh, the, the the leg from from Sydney up to Singapore. No. That was quite uh, advantageous. It was good. Johnny fell in love. 
listeners. He, um, what was her name? Maria. <laughs> Maria. She was a uh, an English lady, good sort. Who From thought, Malaga in Spain. Well, she, she that's where she's living now. I think they exchanged a few details. Johnny wouldn't honestly. I must have heard her name. I should remember it. Should be stained into my memory. It's been mentioned that many times. I wasn't on the hunt for her. Mate, Johnny, are you prompting me here or what? <laughs> <laughs> you tried to cut my grass. No, I did. I thought I'd have a bit of fun and go and try and yeah, slide on in. And basically, I got up there and she said her exact words: "Where's the other hunk?" <laughs> to which I said, "She's obviously got an optometry Johnny, problem." Johnny, what do you reckon here? Yeah, go round the oh, roundabout, right. like you know, like turn left at the arrow. Down past the. Well, lift. that's straight, so we should have gone. Oh, well, the you're other not one. paying attention. No, I just asked you. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Yes, I want. Who And then we also had this, uh, what was he? Cantonese bloke from, um, from oh, Belmore. No, no from, Kingsgrove. Yeah, but he worked for Motorola. Yeah, no, he was he was pretty good company. We had a good laugh listening to. to uh, we had the laptop out and listened to some of uh, Chopper's episodes. Yes. Chopper's weather report. And he was uh, an, another bloke who was out of his comfort zone, and not usually flying down that neck of the neck of the plane. Uh, so we uh, sort of found a bit of solace in us, yeah. as we all had a bit of a moan together. That was pretty good. We um, we had a few beers, didn't we too? We did. But and the little Maria kept bringing them down for us. Said, "Would you like another few beers, boys?" And then we went and chatted her up in there. And anyway, yeah. I even wanted a photo. Kirpin. I have a feeling that Kirpin is the town that Michael Schumacher actually came from. So that's just my little sneaky feeling, viewers. It's a little sneaky radar. No. Right, now turn right here. I'll turn. I'll turn uh, Marsha off. You know that down here. Well, anyway, viewers, we'll come back to you after we've had a little bit of a fang around here. And, to the right, uh, or and around here, around here yeah. to the right. See, MS Cart Centre. And uh, come back and tell you how um, I've whipped him with my new Sparco shoes that he's so jealous of. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> Your route is being calculated. Please follow the arrow on the display. Thank you, Marsha. Please follow the road. Oh, here we are, Casey George, leaving Michael Schumacher Schumacher Cart Centre, and we're actually driving down Michael Schumacher Strasse. Well, viewers, there was an indoor track and an outdoor track. We attacked the outdoor track first, nine laps, 18 minutes, and yes, Hardy's come off in top, on top, used a little bit more curb than Jacqueline. 1000 k's around Spa didn't help him much, so we've come up on top there, so we went for the revenge. Right. Gone to the indoor track, but he's a little dirty, because <laughs> going into Eau Rouge, <laughs> he's giving me a bit of a tap. <laughs> well mate, you served me up a few times on that outdoor circuit, I think your um, your little chicken bones that you've, you've got there really helped you in the uh, powder weight steaks, and mate, you are tapping me all over the joint. So I thought it was only fair that Please I uh, take the next turning get a bit of my own revenge back on the indoor circuit. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> Got a good sweat up, and I reckon we're um, right, uh, the only thing uh, between us and the airport no, is um, a couple of lazy Prepare beers and, and, and probably a, um, a bit of sauerkraut.
aircraft. Yeah, mate, definitely worked up a bit of an appetite. Johnny, you look like you've just dead set <laughs> run a marathon. <laughs> you should have a look at yourself. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't know, we're probably now going to yeah, head into Frankenfurter for um, feed, a couple of beers, get rid of this car so we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, well, we've got to worry about the it. airport. We don't want to hang around the Corners Club for the rest Please of the day. Please keep right. Oh, no, that's right. We got that upgrade to the uh, Lufthansa First Class Air Lounge where they actually take us to the plane in the Cayenne. That was a pretty good string you pulled there with... Um, with uh, Paul Daniel, so organising his mates at Lufthansa to sort us out. Well, you know, why not? Now keep We've, right. Uh, Thank you, Marshall. We had, the, we, had the, we had the choice, I suppose, you know, to, to go the Opal Safira, and we thought, no, we're going to do this in class, we'll get the Merc instead. The Opal Safira was only like 20 bucks less. <laughs> yeah, the day, you're right. Yeah. Now, I did check, and Kirpin, Kirpin is where Michael Schumacher comes from. Should we just go up and have a little bit of a look at Shoey Town? Because it's just Prepare across the road here. Right. Mate, if you want to go and check out the I think we should have a beer at Shoey Town because then it would satisfy the beer component of the show. Okay, well, let's go there. There's an arrow from oh, saying oh, straight ahead. A couple of Ks. We'll get back on Actually, level. have a look at the, um, the Navi. The Navi. See what it says. The Navi is pretty cool on this. You can zoom right in to um, like within 50 metres. You just wouldn't travel Europe without it, would you? There it is, no. Kirpin. Oh, yeah. Like to, next to Langanish. Yes, we're going in for having a little bit of a beer slurping at Kirpin. Mm. <coughs> anyway, going back to the Spa 1000k race, so Paul Daniels was really impressed with your, your efforts there. Um, you just pipped in slightly, um, uh, but that's, you know, he was still doing pretty respectable times in the, around the 2 minute 35, but he said you're the most consistent driver he's ever had. Uh, in, in all the years he's been racing, and he's done Le Mans 24 hour and a fair, fair few damn things. Um, 36-6, 36-6, 36-6, and really, that's what endurance racing's all about. So I believe you're getting an invite back. Please take the next turning right yeah, well, onto the A4. They seem to be happy. Um, I certainly didn't go out in there and set the, the world on fire or try and, you know, now break lap right. records at all, but, um, oh, right, no. No, no, don't Sorry. Uh, Marshall, I'm going to turn Marshall off. Um, yeah, but just went out there and just got used to the car and used to the track and... Please make we were, a U-turn we were, uh, if Yeah, 55 minutes down, there was no... It would have been pointless going out there and just trying to kill the car lap after lap after lap. So I just went out there and just tried to keep it smooth and tidy. And yeah, it just so happens that, yeah, did back-to-back-to-back to back to back identical times. And, um... Yeah, occasionally put a bit of a hot one in, but it's very hard to get a, a clean lap, even though it's such a long place. Just with those prototypes, you've got so many other cars around you that um, can come in and, and and push you offline. And at such a long track, you've only got to be offline for a, a tenth or two, and it'll, it'll get you by a second or two at the, at the end of the straight. That's how how critical the uh, the corners are at the Spa track. You really weren't 100% uh, happy with the the, um, the sequential gearbox, saying that you really just couldn't get the right gear coming into the bus stop. It's one of those critical corners. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but. I mean, sometimes, I don't think I've got that corner right, not, yeah, at all. Um, sequential, you'd think you just push it forward and go into gear every single time, but it just, it just wouldn't. Um, so you'd end up be looking at the Motec dash just to see what gear you're in, the, the digital thing, and, and you'd miss your, uh, your, your turning point, and then all of a sudden you'd either be in first or third, never second gear, and it's a second gear corner. So that was a bit disappointing, uh, and because... It, that slow speed corner there, you, you've probably got it up to the hairpin. If you get it right in the right gear, you're probably looking at, uh, you know, you can pick up a second or two just right there. So, pretty critical in the um, 
from the lap time stakes, but in the end it didn't really matter too much. We were just out there circulating and, and, and we just managed to uh, to cover enough di distance to officially qualify us as a race finisher. Oh, I think we had to... 70% um, of the race the distance had to be covered and by calculations I think uh, worked out to Aiden to see that it was 70.3, which was great. And uh, as you said, the top half of the, of the paper, or you fold the, fold the uh, results sheet in half and if you're on the top half, it's been a good day. But you know, like if, if you hadn't had caught, got caught up in all that mess at the beginning, um, and ironically, uh, Xavier had made a, a super start and had got up and next to when it was actually taking going past um, Allen in the Orlando car. So uh, it, it could have could have gone on, um, on on pretty good there and would have been maybe even up for a podium. All right. There's a um, I think there's a camera I just went through and it's a 30k town. Well, you see viewers, that's uh, not really his problem. It's my problem because the car's in my name, so they'll be after me. Typical in Michael Schumacher's hometown. You is this, is this Kerbin? Yes, sir, this is it. This is Shoeyland. Well, it's fairly ironic, isn't it? <laughs> Why? Speeding ticket in <laughs> Shoey's town. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably can get off off that. It's a, it's a pretty little town. Viewers, there's a nice church. It's, all these are European towns are quaintsy. Borup. Just have a little bit of a look around here. See what we can find. Uh, look up to the centre up there, mate. We'll have a, have a sausage and a beer. Where's the loose one here? Bowley's Clavots. Clavots. The bit burger. But there, look, there's, there's the Strasse parking up there. Um, looks pretty good. What else, mate? Uh, Looking to the future, you look like you could be having a Porsche Cup drive. Could, would, should, who knows. I've um, had a few people promise me things in motorsport and very rarely do they they come off. Oh, should I have gone there? Well, I just thought it doesn't matter. No. Um, anywhere where we can sit outside and watch the world go by, that'll do. What about right here? Okay, let's do that. A little bird tells me, Jack, that there could be a bit of fudging going on in the uh, in the east with the Holdens. Someone's been stretching the wheelbase. So why would they do that? Yeah, I heard that as well, but uh, I think I'm not quite too sure how that's going to, uh, what problem they've got with the, the Holland or, or that sort of, I suppose, um, change to a car, how it's going to you know, make it more advantageous. Um, it's obviously going to be doing something, otherwise they wouldn't, they wouldn't have it, but it could be for a number of reasons. It might make it brake better, it might make it steer better, I couldn't really tell you to tell you the truth. I remember you telling me over the weekend that there was, a, there was one particular racer had uh, that the whole body didn't line up properly because he was moving the tray and getting the diff to sit up there, effectively making a lower centre of gravity, isn't it? That how it works? Yeah, there was a um, uh, an AU last year. It was a, obviously a Ford um, because the fudging we were talking about before was with the Holdens. Um, yeah, but the the moulds on between the door and the tray normally line up. And uh, the moulds on the tray were about an inch higher than the ones on the door. So what they'd actually done is raised the tray to be able to get the uh, right height on the rear lower. But you know when the uh, scrutineers come around with, they've got like these two bars and they slide them between the, the the tub and the wheel to see if it's uh, if the right height's illegal. So it would have it would appear with that test that you know. It's, 
it's a legal car, but in fact um, it wasn't. It was a serious fudge, and 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 actually got away with it because you know it was in this was in uh, New Zealand, so it might may have been like this for the last three years because this particular driver had this this car. Um, yeah, been in the series for the last three years. So people are fudging, getting away with it. Others aren't. Haven't seen Dynapack at the races lately. They weren't at Oran Park. Usually uh, there's a presence there, and they're always picking someone at random and doing a, a, a test. I assume they'll be back at um, at Wakefield Park, where we'll be weekend after this. Good old dusty Wakefield Park. You like the track down there? Um, yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's not a, it's not a high speed track, but it's fairly technical, um, and you're always busy. You've, um, some, tra some tracks, like even Bathurst, Bathurst has been as exciting as what it is, but I mean, even coming down Conrod, you've got plenty of time just to sit back and relax, but uh, Wakefield Park, there's not a spare second, uh, and it's always always good racing down there, so looking forward to it. Yeah, last year you were pretty busy coming together with uh, Alan around the back of the track there, and there's a bit of green paint swapped. Now, I remember the lights failed as well, and, and they had to actually use the old hand of the flag. Well, to 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 get the race underway, but you know, down the back it was a bit hard to sort of see where the flag was, and it was a bit, a bit un a bit unfair for some of the drivers to get pinged and sent into a uh, a drive-through. Yeah, um, it's not the most glamorous of towns, or not one of the I suppose the the, the prettiest tracks or places. Um, but you know, those things happen, and unfortunately, it's all, you know, it's probably the best they could do at the time. So. Um, yeah, the flag it was, but yeah, just on that green paint, it wasn't actually me coming together with Alan, it was Alan coming together with me. Yeah, I, 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 I do realise that, I just want to see whether you were listening to the question. Anyway, once we've got rid of uh, Wakefield, it's all uphill to Darwin, in fact, and that'll be a great, it always is a great event, we'll go up there a little bit earlier and do a bit of song and dance there with good old uh, uh, Sean Gould from Cooper's up there, great bloke and always looks after us, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, um, I've only been up there once to race, I've been up there before to play football and always had a good time, so looking forward to it, and I'm going to shout uh, my team to a couple of days fishing, I think, um, yeah, at the end of the event, but I would say I'll be up there a little bit sooner just to get the car around to some of the Coopers pubs and clubs up there, so um, it's nice to have a, some good weather as well, so... What, what day are we going up there, Johnny? We go up there the very last weekend of June, um, and I think it's a 30, 30 June, one, 1 and 2 of, um, of July, the beginning of the new financial year. A uh, good part of the year to go. Not very humid. I'm going up there a week earlier, actually, to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a sniff around. I've actually got a, had a phone call from a, a, a very old ex-girlfriend who um, moved up there just out of the blue, and she must—I don't know how she found me, but she did. She said, um, "Come up and have a uh, spa thousand k race with me." <laughs> Johnny, mate, you must you must go all right. Hey, you got to call up again. Either that, or she's that ugly she can't get anyone else. And she's saying, oh, Johnny, you're I back. Think, I think it's option B. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, mate, I don't know. You know I've taken that mad mate of mine, Rowan Pinder, who um, is actually uh, getting into getting into tarmac rallying. And now that you've got a guaranteed free entry into the Porsche Mount Buller Sprint, which has been brought back to the Melbourne Cup weekend in November, 
are Cooper's Hot Lap Sausage Dog Racer here at Spa. I believe you're going to build yourself a little sneaky GT40. <laughs> yeah. It's um, I wanted to do a um, a Di Tommaso Pantera, and after speaking to a few people, the better option I think would be to build a GT40 replica, and um, put a um, an aluminium blocked, uh, like an SVO blocked aluminium headed 600 horsepower Cleveland in it and um, the car should only weigh around about 1000 kilos so the power to weight is going to be exceptional that's power to weight and something like that would probably be even better than uh, about supercar stuff so should have a little bit of honk hopefully it'll be uh, built in time because I'd love to get down there and tear up some of that bitumen on the way up the hill well uh, that's the reason we're doing it in November because the bitumen was actually getting torn up in January the heat was just simply lifting the road and there was no value in, um, in, in destroying that for that bit of road you know for the three or four days that we were using it we're not going to be having the, the, the prologue around the streets of Manfield Manfield's become a pain apparently and uh, it's all too hard so we're actually going to do the prologue a couple of runs up half the mountain based up there. It's a, it's a good little spot, you know, a few girlies turn up, uh, the, uh, the Red Bull girls were there last year in, in, in Forza, that was all a fair bit of fun. I'm looking forward to it, uh, don't know whether I'll be doing it with uh, my uh, partner in crime, Mark Wright, who is just going to be, is entering the uh, Lake Mountain event uh, the same weekend as we're doing, we're doing uh, Wakefield Park. Last weekend, Alan Simonson, or rather the weekend before this, Alan Simonson had a great bit of success over in England. Won the uh, first race and second in the second race the following day in the brand new European FIA GT3 Championship where he was driving a brand new JMB Ferrari 430 with Hector Lester. Hector had uh, started, started the race from second place but was knocked off the road by the pole sitter to rejoin the race in 30th place, did 11 laps and then pitted, uh, handing over to Alan who rejoined the race in 34th. Now the, the weather was a little bit uh, uppity, uh, he was on slicks but that's the sort of uh, conditions that Alan really likes, drove through the field to take the lead 10 minutes from the end to win the race. No, um, no shortage of talent there to do that and with a championship which has so many exotic sports cars uh, that, that are very highly recognisable by the public, you know, naturally the Porsche, the Lamborghini, Gallardo, the Ascari, um, the Viper, the new Dodge Viper Coupe, just um, a really interesting championship but you know, you win some and then you lose some, look at that, there's a KDM in front of us. Uh, the, uh, the, you win some, you lose some, because he's got to uh, drive Sandown race, or AAA, which of course he wants to do, but it conflicts with the Dijon fourth round of the championship. So the aim is to win every round up until then and just basically be able to, to trundle through to take the championship on the basis that the point system is the same as Formula One, where it only places down to eight and rewards those who are up the pointy end of the field. But uh, you never know, Jackie might be back here doing another one of those Le Mans races even as early as Nürburgring if things don't, uh, don't crash because that's the next one on the calendar. I think so, yeah. Uh, depending on uh, what gets sent through.
but Paul said he'd sent through a program and he said if it is pursuable well, then we'll uh, talk further so who knows, just, uh, just have to wait and see. I think you'll be hearing from those boys as I said they uh, really quite like the, the consistency of it. Yeah, um, Al was a bit worried about uh, making the flight yesterday back to Australia later in the evening, but uh, due to the uh, snafu at the end of Eau Rouge, he got an early leave pass and went uh, went straight off, flying back to head off immediately uh, as soon as he gets to the airport on Tuesday morning to Phillip Island for a Maserati, couple of, a couple of days of Maserati track days. Uh, Thursday sees him shaking down the uh, Consolidated Chemical Company 360 GT of Ted Hughlands down there for him and if Ted uh, does have a bit of a bad day or he doesn't feel up to it, it'll be Al in the car for the third round of the Australian GT Championship. Won the first round, uh, but I think Bryce Washington did alright in the, in the event that we went to last weekend. Uh, so, uh, who knows? He's a busy boy on following that Monday up to uh, up to Queensland for Triple Eight tests. And uh, if all goes to plan, he'll be back into Europe for the uh, the official test day for um, and mandatory test day for rookies at Le Mans, where all cars have to uh, complete. Well, there you go, Johnny. Well said, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> now, what are we going to do about some lunch? It was just a chewy's but it was a dud, wasn't it? Well, Kirpin. Was it Kirpin? Kirpin. There was yeah. no slurping at Kirpin. Now, Frankfurt on Main is, um, how far are we down? It's 150 kilometres an hour as we drive along the A6, stuck behind another KDM. Far out. Surrounded by. So you go to another KDM. Another KDM 203. Is this Austrian or what? The KDM 203. Now, I haven't seen one of those. That must be something uh, a little, uh, a little sneaky. Didn't see any sausage dogs at all anywhere. I saw a sausage in the bank. You saw a sausage in the I bank. I saw a sausage, yep. yep. Um, oh, how was your experience in getting money out of holes in the wall here in uh, Belgium? Actually, that wasn't too bad. It was it was never the right amount. I mean, well, it was the right amount that they punched in, but it wouldn't allow you to take out as much as what I would have liked. But the harder thing was just the people in the banks just do not speak English at all. I couldn't believe the, the language barrier. I would have thought that uh, most people over here would speak English, but not in Belgium. No, it doesn't seem to be very, uh, very, com very common in Belgium. Uh, Germany and France, yeah, no problem. At the track, they were all pretty good too. But yes, yeah, it was it was tough. The few little dinners we had out there, I, I, I thought they were quite nice. And but, uh, Jenny was a little sweet, wasn't Jenny was, a little, yeah. And uh, and uh, who was your little girl at the, at the hotel? Delphine, she was a little sweetheart too, wasn't yeah, she? Delphine, good old Delphine. Um, I thought we got quite lucky with the red wines. You know, they were a bit of a lottery over here, and you can end up with a, like a really like a liquidy Bordeaux. But um, you know, Jenny steered us onto a Spanish wine. We had an Argentinian the other night. It's been a bit of a uh, real experience. Yeah, well, mate, you were happy, and you're quite a connoisseur of uh, fine wine. So, mate, yeah, I didn't mind. I only had a couple of glasses. I was actually more into the beer. Yes, uh, oh, you were you were taking it pretty easy this this uh, week. Had a couple of bad nights sleep, and then uh, there were a couple of possums in the room last night. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like a bloody gorilla next to me sleeping. The uh, spa at Radisson Hotel, uh, Radisson Palace. Very nice meal. They're sitting on the balcony, and also got an excellent pricing policy.
out getting five nights and only pay for three. <laughs> There's a whole lot of things they missed off that bill, wasn't it? We well, just yeah. went, thank you very much. It was. Out and at 200 euro a night, it was a fair miss. 210. 210, was it? Yes. Okay, well, there you go. What's 420 euro, Johnny, in uh, Australia? Oh, jeez, I don't know, Jack. It's about a fourth of that. You know, I haven't got that. But you like my laptop, don't it's you? It's a one and a half. It's a one and a half. Oh, no, it's not that bad. But you do like my laptop, don't you? The laptop's alright. You like it? Yeah, you got some good emails on it. Yes, viewers. Well, we're going to sign off for a little while until we've had a little crunchy something and a, and a slurp, and we'll come back when we're a little bit merrier. Here we are, viewers. We're doing 180, and the train next to us is getting away from us significantly. Look, did you see how fast the thing's going? 138 k's. Get it on the downside. Let's see what we can find. It's just there it is. Where's the little sneaky thing? I won't be stopping in that village. Mate, that's either the TGV, the TGV, the fast train, or the Maglev that does 400 kilometers. 400 k's. That's it. 245 now. Can you believe it? It's just... Oh! How good does it look? Nothing like a bit of lunch at a little beer garden in the middle of... Johnny, would you call this sneaky? Uh, I wouldn't call it sneaky because there's a truck driving past back, Jack. But I... Jack, back, 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 Jack. But I would... I, what I t would tell you it's is... It's off the beaten track, mate. <laughs> I'll tell you what is sneaky. Getting a bit of sparkle into your schnitzel. So we've uh, had a look at the me and you, and Spargle, this place is an asparagus house, which has also got quite a nice beer, Carlsberg, but that's with a K, so it's a lot better than the regular Carlsberg, isn't it? And it's a Pils beer. Pilsner. There's, uh, there was a Formula One ado going on the other day, just down the road. Michael Schumacher's car was there, a bit of music, and a bit of Erbischleben, and <laughs> you could have had a bit of a sniff around. I hope it was better than his go-kart track. Did you like the go-kart? No, nah, I, I did. I, oh, like, I was going into a rouge and I got a tap twice. <laughs> You're playing dirty. Mate, it was fun. It was fun. What, about the, what about the outdoor? I'm going down the straight <laughs> at 45 degrees. <laughs> Cross up while you're pushing me. <laughs> that was because I'm so slow, eh? Well, I don't know. I didn't do that slow. I just wanted to catch you that badly, mate. Cause I just wanted to... Give you a couple of little tap 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 roots. A little bit of depression set in, Jack, uh, under the realisation that I don't ever think I'm going to be able to find my future wife again. Little Maria from. Uh, well, how can she be your future wife if you're never going to see? Well, viewers, you might be able to help us out and and send in some tips about how do you reckon we can find her. And here's what we know: she's a BA hostie. Her name's Maria, and she lives in Malaga in Spain. She's absolutely a kitty. She was in Sydney and on the Monday night at the establishment in George Street. Said it wasn't much of a night and I said, that's because of uh, the black who owns it. Justin. Justin. He wasn't there to polish a few mirrors. And uh, she stays obviously at a hotel. 
So Jack doesn't think it's okay for me to ring BA and say, look, there's a little glamour. It's not that I don't think it's okay. I just don't think that you're going to be able to ring up BA and say, oh yeah, listen, there's a girl called Maria from Malaga, Spain. Can you like get me a phone number? <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to do that. But you would be it's maybe not happen. you would be able to for security reasons they wouldn't pass that on, Mackers. But they might let me pass a message on to her. What? So do you think that they'll go? through, like, go to the trouble of actually finding who the hell you're talking about. Well, if I say that and she left her message. earring at my place, yeah. You don't think there's a possibility there? No, I don't. You think <laughs> but what am I going to do? Viewers, it's, it's, it's a bit of a Listeners, worry. listeners. All right. <laughs> I don't know viewers, there's listeners. <laughs> don't you stop. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe if we were to if we were to uh, find out someone, find someone we know in the hotel industry, I don't know who we know, but we'll find someone, and find out... How do you know where she stayed? Well, we don't, but BA people will always stay at a certain hotel. There'll be a deal done. It's a Qantas code share deal. What, so you think that... Okay, I've met, I know a few girls from Virgin and, and Qantas and whatnot. They never, and when they stay in Sydney, they yep. never stay at the same hotel. Some of them, there's, there's going to be a chain of them. Sometimes they stay at the airport, sometimes they stay More in town, often than sometimes not. they stay on the northern beaches, just forever. More often than not, you'll be sitting in a different seat or hotel every time you fly. So Here we go. Oh, oh, have a go at that. Sparkle. Sparkle. A plate of sparkle. Oh, beautiful. Can we have uh, two more? Thank you. Another. They, they look great, don't they? Yeah, what have you got, Jack? I've got a Wiener Schnitzel with serious sparkle. And a little couple of spuds. I've got some um, some Schwein medallion. That's pork, viewers. Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, it's a lovely bit of lunch. G'day, viewers. Back. They're listeners. <laughs> they're, they're viewers, Jack. <laughs> Back again. But uh, look, sorry, oh, it's been a bit of a disjointed show, but here we are. Qantas Flight 6, uh, inbound to Sydney out of Singapore, did the little Frankfurt uh, leg, but fell asleep. We're going to do a bit more of a show, so hence the noise around. Sitting upstairs here with all the leg room, very nice. Uh, Jack's got his dinner in front of him, and then it's a nice piece of steak, but mate, it's not the way that you'd cook steak. How would you cook steak? Because you've sent it back to the galley. Well, I'd probably cook it the same way, but just for, for much, much longer. This one's still got a lot of... Um, blood dripping out of it and it's really not to my liking so I've ordered another one and hopefully we should be in the next five or ten minutes. Don't you reckon that uh, in-flight service with Qantas is a bit inconsistent? Like sometimes you, I thought the outbound leg was pretty good and then yeah the last one was alright, the lady said leave everything there, no worries, just get off the plane at Singapore and do what you want to do. We went up to the club, made a couple of calls on Skype, I bought a couple of shirts, came back, hello, no Ray-Bans. Oh, the new staff said, well, you've got to take your Ray-Bans with you. You can't leave them here. Inconsistent information. Johnny, I'd have to agree with you there, mate. No, they're a really nice pair of Ray-Bans as well. I'm very sad to, to have seen them go, mate, because they covered your face so well. Well, that'll be... Uh, he's got another piece of steak coming through. Oh, OK. Ah, oh, good on you, mate. <laughs> he gets all the treatment. Jeez, the hosties love you, don't they? Well, mate, they're doing this leg, but wasn't that way coming over, was it, Johnny? 
<laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> we had a bit of luck there with it. Anyway, moving right along, we've already talked about that before. So, uh, mate, I'm a bit off my stake as well, but uh, just going back to the the, the race at, at Le Mans, um, the Le Mans race at Spa. Series race. We're on Le Mans Series race, now no longer called Le Mans Endurance Series. I saw the Pescarolo prototype sitting there in pit lane, and someone had said, oh, look, the pit lane's shut. They won't be able to get out and make it onto the grid. And I thought to myself, there's a strategy in that. As it turned out, they had been penalised by accidentally running into the Aston Martin, whether it was accidental or not, in either the practice or the qualifying session. As I hear it, the uh, the boss of Aston Martin said, if you don't penalise the Pescarolo car um, with uh, uh, Jean-Marc Gounon and um, uh, who else was it? Emmanuel Collard, um, then we will pull out of racing completely. So there it did. It sat in the pit lane. Keep it going. Yeah, so it's extra service for Jack here in... No, no, I'm still going, thanks. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> waitresses on these flights. Yeah, they sat in pit lane and I thought... They're trying to bring me food but take away yours. <laughs> that's the sort of preferential treatment that's going on right here. Listen, muscles, I'm running the show. We'll be, we'll be on my report card. We'll be doing a little uh, survey later on. But yeah, the uh, the Pescarello car was sitting there in pit lane. Now, traditionally at Le Mans type events, the uh, the cars are all sitting out in the grid, and there's a bit of a hoopla, and all the girls are out there, and it's pretty busy. And, and man, at Spa, how busy was it up there on the downhill grid with all the guys with all their tyres? And they've got to get them through that tiny little gap in the wall. Did you see them struggling getting the tyre trolleys through? No, I didn't, mate. I was actually too busy looking at the girls. As you said, there was plenty of fighting around with the cars there, and um, mate, I was just soaking in the atmosphere. I didn't pay too much attention to those minor details. They were about 12. Johnny, you may have been looking at 12-year-old girls, mate, but I was looking at the uh, the 12, early 20-year-old girls. <laughs> the Rhino GT girls. You had a little bit of invite from, from them the night before to a party. They did. They were. They. Uh, they come up and said, "Listen, uh, look, there's a party on." And um, I was with Alan at the time, and they actually said, if we came to that party, they'd come back to a, a private party with us later on. So obviously, we're there to race, so we didn't worry about the girls. But um, would have been nice to catch up with them. Ah, oh, look, uh, we'll be probably seeing them at the next round at Nurburgring, hopefully uh, all being well. But yeah, anyway, so the race did start, and uh, as we told you before, there was the massive start line shunt, and the Pescarola came out from pit lane, and of course it had fresh tyres, and hot tyres too, because everyone was having their, their you know, warm tyres coming straight out of the the, uh, the tyre warming department. So the Pescarola really had, a, a, in some respects, a bit of an advantage, and like Larry Perkins did, many years ago, probably 10, 12 years ago, pit on the first lap of Bathurst and still win the race. The Pescarolo prototype went on with Emmanuel Collard to win the race. Emmanuel, a mate of Stefan's, who was with us uh, doing the photography for the team. Yeah, well, obviously what they did was... <laughs> Johnny, don't push my hand down, mate. I'm, you've been quite... All this trip has been very, uh, what's it, forceful. I haven't appreciated it, alright, so just pull up with that. <laughs> but yeah, back to that stone from pit lane. Look, it's done before and it was effective. Maybe they watched the Bathurst race. 
Actually, there's a fair chance that they did because one thing that I did receive a lot from a lot of the other drivers was that um, how we're regarded Bathurst is internationally. Um, so yeah, maybe um, they thought they'd take a, a leaf out of Larry Perkins' book and there you go, they come away with a win. Yeah, it was pretty clear to see that uh, many of the people were, were pretty envious of, of us coming over from uh, Australia. But most of them always, always were citing, oh God, it's such a long way away, you know. And, but for us, well, we came over, so what's the difference for them? Well, there is no difference. It's actually, actually, it's better off coming to Australia. It's, it's less, less time flying, so, but... After speaking to a few of them, I'm pretty sure that they'll um, be coming across to the next 24-hour Bathurst race, uh, which I think's next year, but Johnny, you seem to think it's going to be in 08. And I hope it's in both years, and uh, that we get a, a good uh, a good uh, entry list down there. Paulie Ryan, International Paulie, said that, that the place is really not going to be able to run prototypes around there. Well, we had the Mosler there, the MT900R from Martin Short, a couple of years back, three years back. So I don't see any reason why you couldn't run an Audi R8 round there. They said, the, the, the why no well, that's right. Why not? That Paulie was saying that, uh, that the things will snap, snap the, the the chassis going down through the through the what? The uh, S bend. Through <laughs> the S bend. <laughs> you idiot. Um, well, mate, look, I, I can't see why they why they wouldn't be able to race. Um, but if someone, you know, obviously Paul's got a bit of an idea on uh, on cars and I suppose a little bit being an expert on uh, on dampness, he'd uh, I'm sure probably know a bit more about us than what a car can, you know, sustain and what it can't. So, but it'd be good to see the prototypes in Australia. If you end up getting the Porsche drive um, uh, in Porsche Super Cup here or whatever we call it, what a Carrera Cup, um, how hard would it be to convert that car to a 24-hour spec? Asking the wrong bloke, Johnny, but I would imagine, <laughs> I would imagine, look, you know, I mean, I just drive the thing, Johnny, don't go shaking your head, mate, it might fall off the way you're shaking it like that. <laughs> viewers, he's always giving me shit, but the whole, as soon as you give him a bit of media, <laughs> he goes silly. <laughs> Moving right along, Jack, how are you in the kitchen, mate? I hear uh, things have been picking up uh, now that you've moved into your new salubrious Narrabeen waterfront uh, condominium, um, uh, away from uh, Le Cresson in uh, Newport. Yeah, no, I'm quite happy to be back uh, back on the beach. But yeah, no, as far as being in the kitchen is concerned, mate, I go really well at breakfast time, but that's about it. Lunchtime, I'm never there, and dinner, well, I eat out. But um, I would like to learn how to cook. Um, you know, and just, you know, I suppose, broaden my knowledge of, uh, of, the, of the kitchen and food and, and also wine. Although, I must say, I am a fan of the red wine. You know a way to a woman's heart is uh, is uh, through food, but uh, you're not actually after the heart. Is that right, Johnny? Is that why you're a master of cooking and don't have a girlfriend? <laughs> I just I prefer it that way. <laughs> I've never had so much fun on my own. Man, the sausage dog, we're getting along fine. Oh, yeah, God, I wish the sausage dog could speak for itself because <laughs> it, may ha it may have another tale to tell. Details of a sausage dog. <laughs> yeah, the old rusty sausage can't be on the trip, and uh, definitely uh, uh, fairly sad that I'm away for a while in Sydney. 
a special hello to a couple of uh, knuckleheads from um, next to Silverstone with a weather who sent me an email for the title AWOL. Come on, boys, it's April. Last time since you did a did a story. Okay, boys, look, we apologise. It's been a bit tough. JP's been down in uh, Adelaide. You know, he moved in with the, with the missus, got his mother coming over from England, won't be allowed out ever again, I don't think. So I'm going to have to find a new JP to play with. But when we land in Sydney, probably do another little show with Linda, lovely little Linda, and talk about what's going on in the future. She'll be over her depression after uh, Target Tasmania and looking forward to the next round at Lake Mountain. Your glass of red wine is empty. <laughs> awesome. We're having a. What are we having? What is the red wine we're having tonight, Jack? It's a Wolf Blast Shiraz, I believe. <laughs> it's a black label. Not much of a fan of the old Wolf Blast, but a black label is a very nice drop. Anyway, yes, so looking forward to coming over if we get to Silverstone. Uh, well, I think we are over there later in the year with Alan for something or one thing or another. We'll get International Poly. Boys, we'll be round for a barbecue at your place with some warm, flat beers, no doubt. What do you think of the English beers? English beers? I was over in England well, probably 15 years ago and I didn't think much of it then. It might taste alright, but just the, obviously the, uh, the temperature just isn't there. After being in Belgium, I've got to say that um, some of the beers we had over there were, uh, were quite nice. But having said that, I'm actually pretty keen to get back and rip into a pale ale. Yes, I'm uh, definitely the same feeling as you about that. Now, Jack, where do you think you might be going? You know, down the track with motor racing, you know, or, uh, you'll be you'll continue at the Utes until you you get on top with that, or you get bored with it and career a cup. What, what about if you don't go to supercars? Now that you've got a bit of a taste of uh, of international racing, and certainly you know, it's it's hard to believe we've only been away for five days. It feels more like five weeks with the the experiences of which just keep coming every moment. Yeah, look, at this stage I'd have to say I haven't thought about not succeeding. Uh, however. I think the, my, my time with the V8 Utes is, is probably uh, limited. I'd like to say that I'd just probably do this year uh, and then and try and move on for the following year. As far as Career Cup is concerned, I'd like to get involved with that at some stage this year as well. Um, been given a few promises, but they just haven't come through as yet. But if they do come through, well, then I'll, I'll do both the year and then possibly look at doing a Career Cup all of next year. Uh, and, and try and get a, an endurance drive uh, in a V8. Um, but look, you know, I'm a realist and I realise that um, you know only a small percentage of people do make it through in, in motor racing. And you know, if I'm one of the majority that doesn't make it through, well, then what I'll end up doing is just concentrating on business, start spending money on uh, helicopters instead of race cars, and um, and maybe do some uh, target work like uh, Mount Buller. Target Tasmania and also Classic Adelaide uh, on the international scene. I'd like to do more more events overseas. Um, Paul, what's his surname from Paul Ryan? Paul uh, mentioned a Mustang program. There you go. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned uh, that he may have a contact in the states. I want to We're just going to grab some more of Vino. But you're drinking. You're mixing the wrong one. I'm mixing the That's no good, Johnny. Call up the uh, Wolf Plus. Yeah, no, it doesn't. He doesn't know what he had. Yeah, that's no, right. I'll just change it. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're sticking with the uh, wolf blast. Well, I'm sticking with the wolf blast. 
Johnny, I've got to, mate, after rooming with you for like three or four days, mate, I've noticed one thing, <laughs> I've noticed, actually I've noticed a few things about you. One is that you snore, <laughs> mate, two is that, um, mate, the more clothes you wear the better you look, and three, <laughs> mate, you spend a lot of time on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you should talk. <laughs> you're, the, you're the king of King Henry's. <laughs> oh, Johnny, honestly, God. Mate, whenever you got went to the toilet, I had to leave the room, mate. It was heavy. It was that so untrue. There's that. Oh, no, he likes his charcoal. Uh, Jack good getting his uh, <laughs> rustic beef dish turning up with a fresh... You, you are so lucky. You get yourself a fresh batch of artichokes. What else do you have in there? No, parsnips. And a little bit of... Parsnips. I've got a little bit of feta over here with um, some capsicum and... Uh, well, what sort of lettuce is that? It's a, uh, a green lettuce. It's a green lettuce. Right, okay. Spiky one, it could be a little bit of an endive. What about outside of the real estate industry that you're in and also car racing? You think you might be going into something else, maybe like movie production? It's kind of right, I wouldn't say movie production itself. Um, no, no, no shopping for me. Thank you. Excuse me, I'm just going to have a mouthful of this steak. I've been waiting 15 minutes for it. Magnifique. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute when, when Jacqueline's finished his, his, his big steak. Well, dinner was nice, Johnny. It was beautiful. I got my, um, they took the blue steak away and gave me a cooked one. Ended up having uh, two serves. My second glass now of Shiraz. Just had a sleeping tablet because I need to get a little bit of sleep because I've got to go to work tomorrow. Not like you, Johnny. What are you doing tomorrow, mate? You, uh, you got anything to do, mate, other than a few little lazy little sneaky press releases? Actually, uh, I have a couple of important emails uh, that need to be sent out. One of them is probably... Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a, a chore. It's something I don't really want to do. I'll need to send out the... Uh, look, boys. Wake up at uh, V8 Ute Management because you're about to lose me. Because I, uh, you're not sending the, mo the money's not turned up in the account. You're promising it, and uh, you know I'm not getting enough love from them. And 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 mate, there's plenty of other people who want the love. Well, mate, at the moment you've been doing everything for love, Johnny. Isn't that the case? What you, uh, what you've been telling me is you've been overworked and underpaid. Look, you know the old deal. You know motorsports, one of these. Uh, these businesses which just turns billionaires into millionaires and I suppose I've just struck a zero off the end there but uh, <laughs> I wanted to know there wasn't even a first class on this flight they don't fly first class from here so the, 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 the beast lie downs are pretty good but they go a little bit flatter on the first class so next time maybe we'll have to go into London on first and do a little bounce out through the um, the Channel Tunnel, or maybe on speed ferries. I was watching this great show in there about the, the, the bloke who does the, 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 the hydrofoil the car carrier, which is made by Incat in Tasmania. And they're running it between Dover and some friggin' place, not Calais, but somewhere else. Ben? Ben, Dover? Yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> nah, look, 
you wouldn't want to take the ferry on. If you're going to come back and do this again, like the, the Merc was was a great bit of gear to, to, to travel around. You want to you don't want to have to just arrive right there without having done some sort of driving. The next best thing, though, I reckon, would be that train getting on that train that we actually saw go flying past us. We're doing over 200, and the plane just went straight past us. So that, I reckon that'd be a pretty good experience getting on that. Mate, uh, the trains in Europe are particularly good, and the, the great scenery, and they've got bars. So you can sit and have a drink, look out the window, and do a radio show. Yeah, no, years ago, I was over here in 2000, went to, uh, I was actually going to go and play football for uh, a club in Italy, and I went from uh, Germany to Austria, and Austria to Italy, all by train, and not five-star restaurants. That was a great way to travel, pretty scenic. So, uh, but look, yeah, if I had a choice, I'd be taking on the Merc every time. Well, mate, it's been a pleasure on this little trip with you, and uh, I think we've had a lot of fun. Look forward to getting down to Wakefield Park for the Utes uh, in a week's time. Well, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm I'm sort of I'm not looking forward to it in some sort of some sort of uh, way. Have you? Yeah. That's a reality. Yeah. <laughs> it's a get going from uh, from Belgium, Spa, the world's best track, world's best cars, getting down to Dusty Wakefield. Great little circuit though, great great circuit to race, but um, yeah, not not quite the same. Yeah, there hasn't been any um, emails of congratulations or oh wow, are you doing that from your fellow competitors? But you know that, that that's pretty pretty typical, I suppose. You know, bit of a tall poppy syndrome scenario here in Australia, isn't it? Ah, oh, look, it is a bit, but I don't think any of the guys would be. Uh, oh look, I'm I'm sure plenty plenty of them would be envious, but I don't think there's too many knives in my back. No, not too many, but uh, maybe after you do your first movie, we started to talk about that, uh, you've just become an executive producer in a movie uh, starring uh, Matty Johns. Uh, tell us about what that's all about. Well, look, it's based upon a, um, on, on a guy who um, was from the old school. He played for a club called Newtown, which is a, a club fairly close to, close to me. My grandfather actually was the, uh, the last captain, coach, um, to have won a premiership for the, for the club in 1943, so I'm uh, quite happy that it's, I suppose, revolved around this club, Newtown. Um, and yeah, it's just about this old, hard, tough, you know, uh, front rower who just is getting rubbed out of the game because, you know, the violence, uh, I suppose, is being taken away from it and more athleticism has been put in place. Um, the, the story was written by a mate of mine who I used to play football with, Matt Nabel. Uh, and there was an opportunity to become an investor in the um, in the film. Uh, after going through the trailer, or, 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 and going through, I suppose, the, I mean, this is all pretty new to me. Uh, I've never had any, anything to do with this, but this sort of thing before. But it does have some uh, good uh, tax advantages uh, initially. And um, but ultimately, I mean, I'm not I'm not investing in the uh, in the movie to to pick up a tax deduction. I firmly believe that it's going to be a success in Australia. Uh, and also, to some point, internationally too, wherever rugby league is played, I'm sure, um, you know, there, there's going to be an audience for it. Um, so, yeah, I've stuck my leg in the water, so to speak, because uh, as far as being an investor, I've, I've thrown a little bit of me- a little bit more than a little bit, a little bit more than a little bit of money into this. A little this. bit more than a toe. <laughs> exactly, that's what's in a leg. Um, yeah, but it's going to be coming out in March next year. Um, they want to take it to the Cannes Festival, Film Festival. Um, yeah, so 
fingers crossed it's going to be a success. What and about I'll be able to make a little bit more money so I can throw throw in a couple more race cars. What about uh, new media? Would you consider having a film like this repurposed to be delivered? Maybe mobile phones, iPods, you know, Apple, Apple's iTunes music stores, and, 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 and these sorts of devices. PlayStation, perhaps. Well, when they were looking at all the, I suppose, the, the levels of income uh, from a film, first you've got your box office, then you've got your, like, your in-flight stuff, like what we're watching here with movies and in-flights and stuff. Then you've got videos. Um, uh, rentals is actually a, a quite a, uh, a successful or, or form of, uh, or as far as an income stream is um, concerned, and it's the sort of thing where that, that movie uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, uh, that that came out years and years and years ago, and. Um, I know an investor who's a part of that, and they just received the other day a check for for two and a half thousand dollars. Like that, that movie was out ten years ago, uh, so it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be ticking in, hopefully for for years to come. Um, yeah, so why not bring on the last winter? That's the name of the movie. So look out for it out at the movies March next year. Uh, when you um market something like that do you build a website to promote it uh, as well as like traditional um, marketing techniques well look as I said at this stage I'm an investor um, I mean I do have a, a title as an executive producer however um, look I'm sure they'd need to probably build a website around this so basically you're just drinking the champagne on the opening night and like cleaning your shoes on the red carpet and we haven't got much to do other than that is that what executive producers are all about because if I've had uh, any uh, indication of you you know, from that this week, uh, having to carry your passports around and make sure, you know, you've got everything there and your little bags and stuff like that and your little ham and cheese jam on rolls. Oh, I figure that's it. Well, you also forgot taking the risk as well. <laughs> that's a big part of it. But yeah, Johnny, you know, you've done a great job in, in holding my hand up this whole trip and and hopefully, uh, <laughs> actually, he tried to hold my hand, but I kept knocking it away. I said, Johnny, he had my bag instead. Take that. <laughs> uh, that's exactly how it was, viewers. I was banned from driving the S350 after the after the incident. Mate, his Johnny's driving was that bad that on the Friday we'll driving around trying to trying to get into uh, trying to get money out of the bank we couldn't get it Johnny ran in we kept running into dead-end streets on the brakes on the gas on the brakes on the gas we we're right back at the start of the racetrack I said Johnny please pull over here to the left mate I've got to throw up <laughs> anyway so I said oh, we'll pull up here I go mate no down the back down the back we got out of everyone's view and I had what three solid heaves and that was due to your driving, Johnny. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that, Jack. <laughs> it was down Johnny's there. driving and the ham and cheese sandwiches. There's <laughs> a bit of spew down the back of our rouge. <laughs> well, there's something else to go off on, viewers, but I'll tell you, it's not real good. Mate, been a pleasure uh, on this trip, and I'm sure it's uh, one of many more to come, and who knows where we'll be going, going next. So uh, thank you for... Uh, 
being acting the goat and being part of uh, the radio hot lap show which is a very very late I think it's episode 28 or 29 viewers sorry we'll, we'll be listeners yes yes if you have to we'll be, we'll be returning to our, our traditional uh, broadcasting shortly um, uh, back in Adelaide with uh, with the JP uh, towards the end of the month but up until now listen um, don't you think we should get the viewers to send us an email and then we can go hoity hoity uh, why not especially the international uh, you know listeners well, what did you officially ask listen if you're listening to this and you'd like your name your name you know thrown out over the uh, the airwaves why don't you send an email through to john at hotlap.com.au and he'll say hey I wouldn't say a cheerio but he'll he'll say a, a good day to you anyway so um <laughs> Make get those emails through and Jenny will say hi. We'll send you a cherry ripe if you do that with a hot lap hat. We promise we'll do that. Send it in, we'll send it out. See you later. Toodaloo.